Welcome! Here at Waterstone, we focus on living and loving like Jesus. In practice, this means that we connect with one another, engage in justice, and serve sacrificially. We are so glad that you're here and invite you to join us in person. If you're able to attend weekend services, we gather on Saturdays at 5.30 and on Sundays for one service at 10. Also, if you're looking for a place to celebrate Christmas, we welcome you to come on December 24th to one of our Christmas Eve services at 1, 3, or 5 p.m. You can find more details about the day at waterstonechurch.org. We look forward to connecting with you. It's never fun to come up and preach after Abby sings because there's just no way that you can like, how do you follow that? It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Abby. Um, it's a good morning. I don't know if you can tell, but kind of the theme for the morning uh, today is Emmanuel, God with us. Um, this week and actually last week as I was kind of prepping for today's message from the story that was just read, uh, I talked to Larry for a little bit because I said, Larry, I think we might have missed something. Uh, it's a family service. We're going to have a lot of kids in the room and we're supposed to be talking about the virgin birth and the uh, immaculate conception or as my brother and I called it as kids, the immaculate interception because um, we were like sports guys. But it, it just felt a little bit like I, I feel like we could have some parents kind of angry at us going home like why do we have to talk to our kids about that right now. Um, and so we're going to shift a little bit, and I, I just want to do a little bit of a reflection today on what it means that Emmanuel, God, is with us. What does that name mean to us? And I think the, the beauty of our, our intergenerational service is also that the preacher is always going to preach shorter because we've got a lot of kids in the room. Um, so it'll be kind of a quick message, just a short reflection, a little bit different. Yeah, Josh is giving some applause. He's like, yeah, all right, that's what I'm here for. Paul's talking less. Um, but as we dive in today uh, and, and talk about this idea of Emmanuel, God with us, what does that mean to us. I feel like we actually kind of saw a picture of that this week at Waterstone, uh, particularly on Wednesday. Um, I don't know if you know what's kind of been going on this week, but on Wednesday morning, uh, we had the first preschool program, Christmas program, back in our building for the first time we've been able to do it in like two or three years. So we had about 100 kids on this stage um, singing Christmas songs and celebrating Jesus' birth and talking about his birthday. But whenever you have kids singing, there's always the kid who's like in the back row kind of picking his nose, right? Or the like little girl who's lifting her dress for everyone to see. That was my daughter this week. We also had a girl who was like doing the Macarena to joy to the world. And I'm not sure where, it was awesome. It was beautiful. There was like so much joy and laughter and parents and grandparents and family friends were all just like crying tears of joy um, at this moment. And then that evening, it was kind of a shift in the atmosphere in our building because we hosted our first uh, annual um, Blue Christmas where we came together and it was a, a service of reflection and remembrance. Um, we were walking through pain and grief and sorrow and looking to the hope of Jesus um, in those spaces, in the darkest moments of our life. And it just felt like this paradox um, that I think many of us feel around Christmas time. There are moments of joy and laughter and celebration and just the fun of Christmas. And then there's also these moments where, where grief and sorrow just kind of like weasel their way into the season. And I don't know if you're here today and, and you've kind of felt that dichotomy. Maybe you're just too busy to like trying to get everything done for Christmas to even like think about that. But for many of us, I know that Christmas often brings with it just moments of grief and sorrow. And I think it's in that paradox that we see the name Emmanuel. 
It's actually a part of the Christmas story that we experience joy and sorrow together in this season. I love the way uh, Pastor Sharon Hode Miller kind of captures this idea of Advent when she says, The original Christmas story began with uncertainty, rejection, fear, vulnerability, darkness, and the prolonged silence of God. If your soul feels dissonant with the shininess of cultural Christmas, just know that you are perfectly in tune with Advent. Feel like that's kind of the paradox. I've even seen that in my daughter this year a little bit. And this kind of like longing, hoping, waiting for Christmas Day. Kids in the room, what's, what's the best part of Christmas Day? Can you just shout it out? Presents. Yeah, okay. I thought I'd get a little more enthusiasm. Um, presents, right? That's the best part of Christmas morning is you get to open all the gifts. But the hardest part of Christmas is waiting for the gifts. And my daughter, she just keeps asking, like, when is Christmas Day? We're trying to figure out the difference between Christmas season and Christmas Day. And, and there's that longing in those spaces for what we hope will be different, a different world, for God to show up and, and fix and change things. And yet the, the, the joy that we can also experience in this season. So when Matthew says that Jesus is our Emmanuel, when he says this in Matthew chapter 1, he says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, in order for us to understand this kind of brief reference to this prophecy, we actually have to go back to the place that the prophecy came from. And so in the book of Isaiah, there's a prophecy that Isaiah comes to a king named King Ahaz. Now, King Ahaz is the ruler of Jerusalem, and they're being um, besieged in this moment. The enemies have come against them. They're coming to conquer Jerusalem. And, the, and all of Jerusalem is so afraid. King Ahaz is so afraid that it says that they all shook like trees in the forest full of wind. They're just kind of shaking, quaking in their boots, afraid of what's about to happen to them. And in this moment of fear, the prophet Isaiah comes to King Ahaz and says, don't be afraid, which is never helpful when you're actually feeling like your world is coming apart. But he says, don't be afraid. God is with you. In fact, God is so on your side. God is so for you that he has said, ask him for any sign, any sign as you want. Ask it to be as big as you want, and he will show up and give you a sign that you will have victory. And King Ahaz, receiving this invitation from God, says no. He's good. He doesn't need God to show up. He doesn't need God to, to reveal a prophecy. He doesn't need a sign of victory. See, King Ahaz was trusting in his own power, his own alliances, he, his own kind of willpower to solve the situation. He didn't think he needed God in the moment. So he rejects God's invitation to trust him. And then Isaiah, seeing this, says, well, I'll give you a sign anyways. There will be a baby who will be born... And before this child is weaned, your enemies will disappear from the face of the earth and you will have victory and they will not conquer you. And he says this line about the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, showing you that God is with you. You see, when, when God gives this prophecy of this name Emmanuel, God is with us. He's trying to send us the message that God has come to save that God has come to deliver, that God has showed up in the world to set things right and make things new. 
And so when Matthew sees this prophecy, he applies it to Jesus and says, Jesus is the answer to this prophecy. He is the one who will come to set things right. He is the one who will come to save the day. Now, kids, I need a little bit of help, and you got to do better than you did on the present one, okay? All right, you with me? you got to pay attention just for like two minutes, then you can go back to coloring or what you're doing. But I, I need you to shout out, who is your favorite superhero? If you have a favorite superhero, can you just shout out who your favorite superhero is? Hulk! Yeah! We love the Hulk. What? Batman? Yeah, I love Batman. What you got? Wonder Woman, amazing. Yeah, I love it. Oh, oh someone's really into Who is it? Black Panther. Black Panther, yes, awesome. Wonder Woman, love it. Yeah, amazing. So good. Spider Man, yeah. All right, that's amazing. That, that was so much better than the President's one. You guys are awesome. Yeah, we love superheroes. Like, superheroes are so a part of our culture, and they're, they're kind of like our, our cultural mythology right now with all the Marvel movies and DC Universe and all that kind of thing. Like, superheroes are everywhere. But, but you know what I find interesting? When, when you ever ask someone who their favorite superhero is, no one ever, hardly anyone, maybe there's an exception, but, but most people don't say Superman. Like no one, oh, we've got one in the back. He's, a, he's proud and brave and he's sitting in the back for a reason. He knew this moment was coming. But like when you think of Superman, he, he shoots fire lasers from his eyes and can fly. Like none of us can do that. Like, he's so unrelatable and, and otherworldly. And, and when you really think about it, most superheroes, they're, they're beyond us. They come from somewhere else to save us. They raise themselves up to save. But they're so unrelatable. Like, some of us might want to turn into the Hulk when we get angry. Um, but we can't turn into a green rage monster every time we're upset. And what is beautiful about Emmanuel is that God did not only come to save us. But God came to be with us. That God does not just show up to save the day from some distant, like, far-off place of power. He actually comes not just to save, but to experience what we experience. To be with us in our moments of suffering and sorrow and hardship. You see, one of the beautiful things about Emmanuel is not only that he comes to save, but also that he reveals to us the heart of God, that God is not just some immense, powerful, majestic being, but God is actually Jesus. He's one of us, come to save us. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And one of the core beliefs of Christianity is that when we look at the face of Jesus, we see the face of the God who has come to save us. And so the question is, what kind of God is that? What do we see when we look at the face of Jesus? If Jesus is God in human form, then I would contend that God has come to save us as the serving, loving, sacrificing, humble person whom we see in Jesus. The uncreated being, the uncaused cause, the creator of the universe, the God of glory is also the humble God the suffering God, the helpless God lying in a manger. See, Jesus reveals that the face of God is actually battered and bruised and crowned not with gold and jewels, but with thorns and blood and sweat. That's what Jesus reveals to us about who God is. 
And so this Christmas season, I don't know where you're coming from, and I don't know if this has been a particularly hard year. I don't know if you're looking forward to the next year and and just kind of hoping for a clean slate. Um, I don't know if you... I've been through one of those seasons where, where just life has been hard this year. I know we've had marriages dissolve over the past year. We've had loved ones who have passed away. We've had kids who have gone through different sickness. There's so much going on in this room. And yet the beauty of Emmanuel is that God is with us in those spaces. God knows our heartache and our hardship. There's a pastor that I love to read named David Cassidy, and he's a theologian. And he was talking about this particularly dark moment in his life where his wife was in the hospital, and they thought that she was going to die. And not only that, but they thought if she was somehow miraculously healed, then her life would be changed forever radically. Their lives would be changed radically forever because, wow, that was a giant bug. Um, Did anybody see that? (laughs) All right, cool. That's the cue to wrap up. (laughs) His wife was was battling this debilitating disease. And if you've ever spent time in the hospital with a loved one or someone you care about, then you probably know the feeling he had where he just needed to get out and get away for a little bit and get some, some, some fresh air. And so he went to the really the only place he felt like he could go, the hospital cafeteria, to get a cup of coffee. And as he sat in the cafeteria, just kind of weeping into his coffee, not sure where God is, doubting, questioning, wrestling, He noticed as he was leaving that across the hall from the cafeteria was the chapel. And on the chapel door was a crucifix with Jesus um, hanging from the cross in agony. And it was just kind of one of those moments where he felt God's presence with him. He recognized God with him in the dark spaces. And this is what he said about that moment. That's the only God who I find credible, beautiful even. Because he is the God who meets us in the dark places, the crucified God. If I am to have faith at all, it will never be in some absentee God or some pitiably weak, cosmic, invisible friend. Not in some personal force or fate, but in a God who knows our suffering because he made it his own. That is Emmanuel. And I think that name, Emmanuel, stands at the the paradox of Christmas. Because it's a manual that allows us to to be honest with our grief and our sorrow and our pain in this season. But it's also the name that gives us hope and joy of what is to come. That Christ has come, that God is with us, and that he has come to set all things right. One of the last quotes we read this week in the Blue Christmas service um, was this, and it just kind of stuck with me, and I, I took a picture of it. But it says, to successfully grieve, not sinking into bitterness and despair, is to allow a room in our hearts for both joy and sorrow to exist, to be experienced simultaneously, and to be openly acknowledged together. And the beauty of Christmas is Emmanuel, that God is with us. The God who lost everything when he came into this dark world to save us, to walk with us through our dark path of grief and give us joy. That is the beauty of Christmas, and that is the beauty of Emmanuel. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we come into this space, God, I feel like we've even felt a a microcosm of that this morning. As we've seen kids sing with joy uh, about the birth of our Savior. 
And yet, God, I know that there might be some in this room who it's hard to, to feel the joy and the happiness and the energy because, honestly, it's just been a hard year. And yet, God, I, I thank you that you are a God who makes room and space for both of those emotions and feelings. That you are a God who meets us in the joy and the happiness. And that you are a God who is with us in the sorrow and the grief. God, may you in your gracious presence this Christmas season offer us a taste of that joy and goodness. And God, as we sing and worship you to close this service, may your presence encounter us with the joy that you offer in this season. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.